Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor at The Playlist. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by one of my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo, and our special guest, Rodrigo Perez, who's Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist. So are you guys ready to talk about my two favorite things in the world, Marvel Studios and box office statistics? (laughs) Nerd. I wish I was kidding. (laughs) I really do enjoy it. Okay, so yeah, that's right, dear listeners, this isn't going to be our typical Marvel discussion podcast where we dive deep into spoilers and speculate about the future of the MCU like fanboys. Inspired by the recent box office news, instead, we're going to talk about Black Widow and Disney Plus and how, you know, is Disney Plus responsible for the demise of Black Widow at the box office? Gasp. We're going to talk about the business side of Marvel Studios, how the recent historically bad box office drop from Black Widow could be a sign of things to come for the future of Kevin Feige's money printing franchise. So if you're hoping for us to talk about Black Widow spoilers and nerd out over Loki and talk about Jonathan Majors, then you're out of luck. That'll probably happen eventually. I was going to say, probably. We're we're dorks. (laughs) We're going to inevitably talk about these things a little bit too. So stick around for that. But before we get to diagnosing the Marvel Studios box office woes, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay. So before we really dive into this, I think it's worth setting the table for those that may not be aware of the recent news. So basically, Black Widow debuted July 9th in the, well, not in the middle of the pandemic, but at the tail end of, well, God, Delta variant stuff. We don't want to get into that. It's a mess right now in the U.S., But Black Widow debuted and did really well, $80 million domestically. People were shocked. It's a record for the pandemic era, quote unquote. Even beat F9. Who saw that coming? But Disney wasn't just happy enough with that number. They decided to release that $60 million was made on Black Widow just on Disney Plus subscribers that paid the $30 for premiere access. So all told, the movie made like $140 million from that. Add in the worldwide box office, and you're up to $215 million in one weekend, which everybody was like, holy shit, the movies are back, right? Well, fast forward a week, and the box office story completely changed. Black Widow only earned $26 million domestically, dropped 68% from the previous weekend, which is a record for Marvel Studio films in the Disney era. And you combine that with the fact that Disney has been silent about those, those updated figures, for premiere access and suddenly the box office story is a little bit rough for marvel studios so to add an extra wrinkle to this story the national association of theater owners aka nato released a harsh statement talking about how black widow's decline is a direct result of disney releasing the film on streaming the same day as theatrical and basically disney's the devil in the eyes of theater owners around the world that are struggling to keep the doors open that's where we stand Black Widow started great, quickly fizzled in a week, and now theater owners that were raving about this great weekend for Disney are now hating Disney. And this spawned a discussion with Rodrigo and myself about the reasons Black Widow did so poorly and how Disney Plus might be to blame, but not in the way that NATO wants you to think it is. Um, So with that out of the way, I want to discuss this a little bit, but before we get to Disney Plus, I'm curious if you guys think that there's anything about Black Widow specifically, whether it's story, delay, or marketing, that could have contributed to this box office drop. I'll start with Mike. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes, to all of the above. <laughs> yes, it's a fun little movie. I enjoyed it, but it's also not one that's going to be a big draw for like mass audiences, I don't think. As far as a lot of their stuff goes, 
this is a movie that is one a prequel so we already know she's dead it's just a an extra little adventure with black widow who is probably i mean no offense but she's not everyone's fourth favorite avenger or even you know whatever there are probably some people who really like black widow but for the most part she's not the most popular character on the screen and that's misogynist there's a reason she's usually like the sidekick or you know the uh, the person that's along with Captain America or whatever it is. Um, and fuck you. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, so there's that. There's, it, I mean, it just doesn't appeal to as wide of an audience as say an Avengers does. But there's also, you know, all this stuff within, you know, the the delayed release of it all. There's probably a lot of people that just lost interest. There's also this audience of it all people are are quick to yell hey this uh, theaters are back but i don't think they're as back as a lot of people want vin them diesel to be. told me they're back they're oh back. you're right oh if vin said it then the rock must uh be laughing about it um <laughs> but uh yeah so i i just i don't think I think the Marvel diehards went out in the first weekend really hard and then most general audiences just aren't ready to go back yet or they don't care Um, so I think that's a lot of what's going on here. Uh, but with that said, not much to, to get down on for, for black widow. I think it's still doing okay. It's not, it's, is it good? (laughs) No, no. Let me stop you there. Cause I pulled up some stats to show you how not good it's doing. Sorry, Rodrigo. We'll get to you in a second. Well, you can't compare it to other Marvel movies. Yes, you can. Why can't you? Because of the whole uh, pandemic and, you know, the fact uh, that it was delayed and delayed and delayed and the fact that, it, you know, nope, piracy nope, nope. Disney Plus. It still did better than F9. Explain that if you want to talk pandemic stuff. So and here's nope, what I'm going to talk and about. even that, that's still not as good as well, no, the no, box no. office was. So, so, so here, here's some math for you. We're going to talk about percentages and we're not going to talk about gross. Okay. So if we're going to talk about gross, yes, $80 million, neon, not that big of a deal. But when you look at the fact that it made such a big number, relatively speaking, and then drops such a significant amount, Ant-Man, your favorite movie, uh, Mike, Ugh. it debuted at 60 mil- 57 million, second weekend, 24 million. Only You're talking million, about a completely different environment. It dropped 56%. Pre and post COVID are completely different. One second, let me keep going not here. Comparable. Thor The Dark World, great movie. We all love it. Dropped 57%. Yep. Okay. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, man. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Only 60%. Again, you're comparing apples to oranges. I'm not, though. Captain America, the first Avenger, 60%. <laughs> Black Widow dropped 67.8%. Wasn't it even I, more if you considered like the Thursday or something? Wasn't it like there was a... Big- no, that includes the Thursday. But all those totals I just mentioned include the drops with the previews, too. I mean, I got to say, I'm kind of more with Mike that like it, it's uh, it's a different it's a different era. And so drops are going to be different in the era of COVID. But we're still seeing relatively good drops from F9 from A Quiet Place. They weren't dropping 70%. Those movies would- Well, that, they, didn't, they didn't debut as big as, as Black Widow did. Again, we're talking percentages. We're not talking grosses. So yeah, it didn't have as big of a, a debut, but it didn't drop as much in the second weekend. It wasn't as front-loaded. Right. Rodrigo, do you think there's something about Black Widow that is- contributing to this drop like is it a bad product and we're just you know it's not disney plus um i mean you know i was probably down on it more than a lot of people but 
um, like anything, I just feel like there's a lot of different factors to it. It's not one thing. Um, and I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I, you know, a lot of my thesis of, of why it's not doing good is has to do with like our larger discussion about Disney plus, like, yeah, we'll we'll lay that out in a second, but I'm just curious if there, if you think that the product itself has anything that contributed to it. Well, there's certainly the, the no stakes element to it because yeah. everybody knows that she's already dead. So you're not, you know, people always going to be like, what's going to happen in this one. And, and you know that nothing consequential can happen because you know, that, that she's already dead. So um, she know, did give her, she did get a new vest and a haircut. She did get a new vest and a haircut. They gave the vest meaning good uh, for them. Uh, I, I, it's like solo all over again, man. <laughs> I oh, couldn't roll my eyes more for that. Well, anyway. I mean, you know, I, I wrote, which I, I still think is a pretty solid piece about like why, you know, prequels don't work inherently. Um, yeah, I don't love prequels either. And, and, and for these very reasons about there's nothing of consequence happens. It's just sort of an adventure. And an adventure, like on in and of itself, in some ways, is something that, yes, you can enjoy on maybe a Disney Plus, but is it is it worthy of being like a whole like movie, you know what I mean? Of, of just yeah. like, like, so there's maybe part of it. And then maybe there's the whole word of mouth that like, you know, people go see it and it's like, you know, it's fine, whatever. It's like a Marvel movie, but it's not like a necessarily essential. And, and maybe that's also part of the, and then, you know, people seeing it on, on Disney plus and, you know, there's piracy, there's like, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that are contributing to it and and maybe it's even like more word of mouth in the in that way that like you know like i saw it for example i saw it early i got a screening of it uh, a screener you saw it way early too yeah dick (laughs) right And, and i saw it with like you know four or five people and and uh you know because my kids wanted to see it and and some other kids so you know i showed it to a bunch of kids but like uh and then the child trafficking stuff hits and you're like oh jesus (laughs) that was actually a little bit off putting for them but uh uh um but like maybe there's the the thing of like more like on disney plus people people watching at home maybe it's like someone rents it and like invites like a whole bunch of friends over and and the and the ability for that kind of like word of mouth kind of thing can kind of grow or i don't know and then there's also like you know it's literally someone could just be like hey you know, I'm renting this for $30, you know, why doesn't like six people come over and we split that or something? You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. maybe that's like this kind of thing that's kind of going on and people were watching it and, and not, and then, and then everybody just kind of watched it or whoever who was that interested found some way to watch it that first weekend, whether it was in theaters or Disney plus at home. And then that's it, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, but then you also got to factor in the fact that, that, uh, you know, the God, you know, Disney, this movie was opening up in a climate of like theaters, like things are going back to normal. The pandemic is over. And as of right now, we're like, oh, you know, maybe we're in this, like, not again. So like the second weekend, maybe that sort of stuff is like in the air again. Maybe that's sort of like, you know, I don't feel like we're back to like the pandemic's back on, but I think there's a lot of trepidation again. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's getting really strange again, right? You're just seeing all these reports of all this stuff. You're seeing all these reports of people not vaccinated, and maybe that's the other thing too. You know, like people. Okay, I'll, I guess I'll risk it on opening weekend, and then that's it. And everyone just like, okay, 
no one else who's like you know the more you got the cure you got the the diehards out for the first thing but then the other people who might go see it later on like they're like no not everybody's vaccinated so fuck it i'm not taking i'm not i'm not gonna risk it okay yeah so so let me jump in here because i want to i want to hit you with a couple rebuttals here because you're starting to sound a lot like the national association of theater owners here and i'm not gonna stand for it so (laughs) they're rooting for this thing to to like to fail oh my gosh oh yeah they want they want disney to be hung out to dry only because of it's on disney plus yeah that's what they want they want this to be the poster child of the evils of streaming day and date um that is that is very true but okay so here's a couple of things things the movie's front loaded that is true so typically when a movie is front loaded it's a couple of factors one or two and the big one is poor reviews and poor word of mouth which is what rodrigo brought up and black widow doesn't have poor reviews it's not the greatest reviews for a marvel movie but it's also not wonder woman 1984 so <laughs> no and in fact it has i was just checking before this it's got a 92 percent audience yeah. score on rotten tomatoes yeah and that could have easily been bombed and could have been a lot worse yep. And it's got an 81% with critics, and that's still pretty good. Um, it's 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 certified fresh, so I, that's I'm not, not a problem. Yeah, no, well, no, no, and- I'm not suggesting that. Like, I'm just saying the possibility right. for more kind of like you know someone saying like, eh, you know, you don't need to go, you know. Well, that's what that's yeah. That's, that brings me to my next point. So the cinema score also, which is what insiders quote unquote used to to gauge word of mouth, was at an A minus, which in uh, Marvel terms is slightly below their average, which is about an A. So, you know, whatever, moderately low word of mouth could go back to what Mike and you guys were saying about the, the prequelness and all that jazz. So the other, the other reason why movies like this tend to get front loaded is what you guys were saying with uh, diehards coming out in full force. And I think that's what we're seeing here, but I think that leads to the Disney plus problem that we are getting at that we've been circling. Yeah, which is kind of like what Rodrigo was saying, but also this other factor. See, NATO wants you to believe that, you know, 20 people got around or 30 people went to a house, spent one dollar each, rented this movie and all enjoyed it. Right. And we're like laughing at the, you know, the box office totals. That's (laughs) not what happened. Um, So, right. So there's this other thing that Disney Plus is doing that people are, are forgetting about right now, which is the Marvel Studios series. So. Since January, like mid-January, up and through last week, almost on a weekly basis, yeah. fans of the MCU have been getting Marvel content. And we're not talking like watered-down Marvel content. We're not talking about those Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Netflix series that don't really match. These are A-list actors in big-budget productions with stakes that clearly are having an impact on movies that are coming forward. And this is something that we're talking about where Marvel studios might be shooting itself in the foot. When you release these things for three, four months now, Oh, geez, never mind. Geez. We're in July, seven months now. <laughs> Basically, Like it's almost, like we've had Marvel the entire year. Yeah. 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 What a year. And, and, and what, and what they've taught us is you can stay home and watch yeah. Loki over and over again. You don't need to go to theaters for that, yep. but Hey, we got black widow. That's cool, right? And a lot of people are like, yeah, but what about the multiverse? Does Kang show up? Is, you know, Anthony Mackie, Captain America in there? You right. know, and, going, and, it's like inviting you to go backwards when you've just been like, go, like future forward with three stories that are really consequential that everybody seemed to really like for the most part, aside from like, you know, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier being maybe the, the most disliked, but even that's still pretty relative. I think it was still pretty liked, you know? 
That mm-hmm. I, I was telling Mike that might be as a fan, my favorite of all three, just because I love the story. I there's lots of things I really like about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah. I mean, I think we're 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 now in the territory that we've sort of teed up in this premise. Like it feels like in some ways that Marvel has you know, this was always supposed to enrich the MCU, make everything better, tie into movies, make people really excited for the movies, go back and forth. But maybe in a way, especially with Black Widow, I think almost everybody here can agree. And I think probably uh, audiences may agree that Black Widow is, Black Widow is the subpar uh, uh, piece of Marvel content so far this year after, although I, I, you know, I actually probably like it better than Loki. I'm, I'm a little bit on the outs. I'm, I'm Same. Wondering- I'm one of the few people that doesn't like Loki. Um, Loki did nothing for me, um, but you know I think I'm, I'm the the uh, outlier on that, and everyone seems to really really love Loki. So it, it seems that like you know yeah like you're teaching audiences you don't need to go to theaters. Like yes you know this thing used to be like you know you wanted this big budget you wanted the spec- spectacle you wanted these characters you wanted these a listers you wanted all this stuff you had to go to the movies to get it. Now you don't right. You can no, see. and you and you really don't because you, Mike brought this up, and maybe you can speak to it more. Mike, Black Widow isn't everybody's favorite character. Scarlett Johansson arguably hasn't been the standout in any of the movies she's been in over the ten years of the MCU. And you have WandaVision, which full of fan favorites. Everybody loves Wanda and Vision. Uh, Loki, God, geez, talk about fan favorite. And then mm-hmm. you had the new Captain America and Bucky. Like you have arguably bigger in relatively speaking, maybe not in like, you know, A-lister terms, but MCU, relatively speaking, those are huge names. And then you're like, oh, and then Black Widow in theaters. Right. And then the other thing, do you feel like I, I anecdotally and socially, I feel like there was much more ex- excitement for Yelena because she's new. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. In the same way that like everyone was so excited for Yelena in a way that was like kind of similar to like, I'm excited to finally see uh, Wanda or Vision get the spotlight. I'm kind of excited to see, you know, these other characters get the spotlight. And whereas the enthusiasm for her getting the spotlight was a lot less because she's been there since the very, very beginning. You know, mm-hmm. she's been there since Iron Man 2. And yeah, she predates it, Captain America. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think audiences are very, very familiar with her. And I think the story kind of shows that too. It doesn't reveal that much. It doesn't really get into much emotional depth, although there is, you know, that first act stuff I think is really good. I don't think they really go anywhere with it. I don't think they do anything meaningful with it, um, especially in that last act. So then it just, it does feel kind of just sort of like this, you know, adventure that nothing happens. It should Um, have come out in the timeline that it sits in the MCU. Yes, yeah. it does. It feels like a phase one movie, right? Yeah. Or a phase two movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would have been great pre-Civil War, like you yep. said. Yep. Or post. It's post-Civil War. Oh, yeah. Post-Civil War. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah. But that's even, yeah, it's even then, that, that's like, isn't that phase three? Like, this feels yeah. like a, a phase one. Like, this feels like a movie that should have came out, like, after Iron Man or something like that, you know? Like, or <laughs> yeah. after Iron Man 2, like, you know, before Iron Man 3 or something. That's like when it when it she should have had her, her, her story told, you know? Well, to me, I always like to compare this movie to no country for old men. (laughs) Did you guys? Nobody's going to get that joke. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the, to, to pull it back to current a little bit, that's been a running joke between me and Rodrigo because the 
director of Black Widow compared it to No Country for Old Men. I think it was the director, maybe it was the writer. And we, we always laugh at the, you know, when they compare these movies to another type of movie, which goes to what you're saying. Whereas like Winter Soldier, for example, was a spy thriller more so maybe than Black Widow. And that's saying something, right? Like this felt like it had no uh, originality for lack of a better term. This is just a movie about a floating thing in the clouds and you know she does like kung fu real good and like that's it i mean the other, the other <laughs> in russia we're also talking about you know when we're really getting to the heart of this where i think for our thesis for me anyhow it's very much about sort of the unintended consequences yeah. of some of this stuff right like none of this stuff is is ever like in a million years marvel would think this but like you know, like maybe we're just getting better stories because now we've got like six episodes or six hours or however many t- things to tell them. It's like, even just by the sheer math of it, you're going to get something that's a little bit more in depth, right? Yeah. Like you've got yeah. time to sit with these things, even though these, like, you know, I, I'm not in love with any of the, the, the series personally. Like, I, I think they're all had ups and downs. I think they're interesting, but I do like, you know, the emotional stuff that they've been able to get into is always my favorite stuff it's Agreed. always the really really rich stuff that they have time to get into that they would never have time to get into in a movie and arguably they do kind of get into it with this in in black widow and then they just kind of drop it like a hot potato like that third act like they just don't do anything with it and and you know if, if we want a sidebar for a minute like you know i, I got a million ideas on how that movie just could have like been so much better oh, yeah. last act and, and and just tied into like all these themes like it's like so ridiculous to me but whatever. but but even if black widow i think was a perfect movie right it told the this really great spy story really emotional family stuff it would have felt weird and i think this also goes back to the delay part of it because originally this was supposed to come out last year and kind of kick off phase four pre all the Disney plus series. And then everything got shifted. And now it feels almost like a rerun. Like this is the story now is about Jonathan majors and King the conqueror and multiverses. And you're trying to sell me on something that happened in after civil war. Like you did not come out before Loki finished. It came out, yeah, before the last episode had dropped. Either way, we're talking multiverses now. That's kind of where the MCU fan is, right? We're talking theories about multiverses. We're talking about Spider-Man 3. We're talking about Doctor Strange 2. We're talking about all that stuff. Whereas, you know, this movie feels like, like a relic of a time in the past that doesn't kind of fit this story, which is yeah. weird for Marvel. Everything typically kind of fits this grand story. And and this movie just, just it feels kind of like a, a, a bottle episode yeah. of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, it feels dated, you know? And yeah. and they don't, they don't, I mean, it's ending is so strained and so anticlimactic and her just like staring oh, yeah. off into the sun and, and don't worry, I got this. And then it just ends. like. Well, she's like, clearly mm-hmm. going to kill Hawkeye. <laughs> Like that's what's gonna happen. No, You're talking I'm, about the post-credit scene. I'm talking yeah. before the post. Oh, oh, oh! I don't even remember what happened. Black Widow's on her way to help Cap break everybody out of the. Oh yeah. Oh, no, before the, I wonder what happens. The real, real, real ending of the movie. The real <laughs> ending of the movie is okay. You know, here comes uh, what's his name, Thunderbolt. Oh yeah. You guys get out of here, and I'll take care of this. And then there's a shot of her just staring into the sunset, and like 
it's almost like they ran out of time and money. Like, what happened here? Like, yeah, but there's <laughs> scenes after that where she's getting the. Those are denouements, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that is the the emotional ending of the movie. That is oh, the, I the see. Emotional ending and climax of that story. It is the conclusion of that story emotionally yeah. and narratively. What comes afterwards with her in the plane? That's the denouement, and then the post credits is like you know the the the, the epilogue, right? Yeah, so, which is then teeing up a Disney Plus series of all yeah. things. Yeah. not shang chi um, god forbid that's a whole other story that well that so that's where i want to go next because all right black widow aside for our theory to to hold water that would mean that for the upcoming movies like shang chi and eternals marvel's probably going to have a little bit of uh of an issue box office wise because it was just revealed over the last couple of days like confirmed i should say that Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel are coming before the end of the year. Yes. No. On Disney Plus. And we're also getting What If, which if is going to. If they're smart at this point, they'll make sure that all those Disney Plus shows do not air before any of the movies. But that's what I'm getting <laughs> at, right? Yeah. So Shang-Chi's next in line in September. Um, I Technically, What If and then Shang-Chi. Well, I'm talking movies wise. And What If comes out in August, right? Yep. Soon, soon. Yeah, so that they're going to overlap a little bit where you have to think the again, everybody loves the multiverse and every week of what if, what if is going to be a new multiverse. Is that just going to take the the shine away from Shang-Chi which should be this huge moment for the first Asian American lead superhero in a big superhero movie? You know, are people going to be like, "Oh, okay, well what does this have to do with anything?" You know, is this then going to continue when Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel show up? that lead into Eternals are people going to be like Chloe jaw? Like, Oh, she did Nomadland. Cool. You know, like it, it, is this going to get better? I, I think B- black widow is very much its own kind of uh, black hole, if you will. Um, outlier. To kind of what's that you think it's an outlier. I think it is. Um, but I, I do think that Shang-Chi and Eternals aren't going to blow the box office out. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a slow, steady improvement as we go along. But I, I don't think Black Widow, I think Black Widow is just this this weird outlier that it's just, it, there are so many things that are working against it for people to be really interested in it. And Shang-Chi and Eternals are at least new and they're about different corners of the MCU. So I think that could work. I, I personally think that Shang-Chi is, I mean, it's already had, they gave it the worst date of all time. They, yeah. They've given it Labor Day weekend. That's the traditionally, the dumping I mean, ground. I, I, that's the dumping ground. That's yeah, because people are going back to school and traditionally in movie going parlance, whatever you want to call it in in the the industry, that is one of the worst dates other than an early January time. Um, and I brought it up the instant that it got that date. I was like, oof, they're giving Shang Chi the the the. The, the Labor Day weekend date, that's the kiss of death. But then other people argue, you know, yeah, but it's Marvel. Marvel it's can fucking ready. Marvel, yeah. It's fucking Marvel. They can do whatever they want. They are untouchable. Nothing matters to them. Nothing's going to hurt them. Well, you know, this little movie we're talking about called Black Widow reveals that, you know, they're not untouchable. Sorry. And they are fallible. And maybe something like Disney Plus, as we're talking about, is inadvertently working against them. Maybe they're kind of cannibalizing everything. Maybe they're just like, people think now, I can just get all this stuff on, on 
at home. Why do I, and the same quality, the same, you know, scope, the same actors, da, 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 da. Why do I need to go to the movie theaters right away to go see this? And especially when we have this time of COVID, like, why should I bother? You know what I mean? And, and maybe it's worse with someone like, because, and, and Black Widow, it's like, she, she's dead already. We already know this. So what, what's the point, you know? And everybody so, guessed the Yelena thing, right? Like we all knew Yelena was the future. So after yeah. you figure that out, you're like, well, this definitely, I could have waited six more months to see this movie. Right, right. So Shang-Chi is going to be different. It's not the same scenario. However, I don't know, that date sucks. <laughs> um, it's a really, really bad date. It's traditionally been one of the like lowest, a box office going weekends of the entire year and yes it's marvel but after this i don't know man i i personally think they need to be worried i'm l- a lot less worried about um for them for eternals because eternals is this big like kind of like a mini avengers right out of the gate right there's like 10 11 characters well and it's got just a ridiculous cast yeah mm-hmm. it's got a crazy cast there's so many people and things you could really like as a total ensemble you know, like, I think that one, you know, Black Widow's kind of could be like, as you said, like, I personally don't think, I think she's actually a good character. I've always liked her. Um, and I just think that the timing and the story wasn't great, but I have always really liked that character. And I think she just got better and better as she came, as she went um, and got in, in to be an important member of the team. But I think with, with uh, Eternals, you know, and, and Shang-Chi's that thing, it's like, it's basically got one character, right? Yeah. And, and, and nobody and, can pronounce his name. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> right. right. And, and, you know, it's an unknown actor. All these kinds of things that normally would never matter to Marvel, right? Yeah. Um, but in, in given the circumstances and the climate and how things are different now, I don't know. I think it really, really could matter. You know, we had our, our like, uh, crazy rich Asians moment already. You know, that had its cultural moment. If Shang-Chi was coming out that, in that climate... Ooh, Shang-Chi would be through the roof, man. It would like, I, I, I think that movie would just do super gangbusters, but that moment passed, right? And yeah. now we're in a different time. Um, and uh, I know it's Marvel's first, but uh, I think it needs to be really, really worried. And I think the box office could be even lower potentially. And, the, and there's the other thing, the trailers don't look good. It doesn't, no. look that, it doesn't look that great so far. We've already had two trailers. They usually just stop at two. I think they need to do a third. They will. They will do the the trailer that everybody hates, which gives you the beginning, middle, and end. And <laughs> um, but you know it's so here are my issues with Shang-Chi just as a marketing project. You know you're not doing the right move as a movie releasing studio when people are talking about abomination and Wong in your Shang-Chi trailer. Like that everybody should be talking about Simu Lu and that is it. Maybe Aquafina, but nobody's talking about them at all. And you can't, nobody knows what the story is even after two. Yeah. Okay. So he, you know, goes off to America, tries to forget his past. His dad's evil. Maybe the Mandarin, maybe not. That's really weird still too. And blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't really, there's a dragon. What? There's a fight club. This is crazy. Like it just doesn't really register. And I yeah, think, I agree. I think the issue, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Rodrigo, is the, the moment, this sounds incredibly insensitive and I'm sorry, but the moment for this all Asian cast, Asian director, Asian writer thing really did peak with Crazy Rich Asians as like the first, right? Yeah. And, and now it's like, well, great. We saw this within the Heights earlier this year. You can give me the representation, but it's got to do more. 
to really get people excited now. And I don't know, Marvel hasn't shown me that Shang-Chi is doing anything more. Um, again, way too early to know anything definitive about the movie. So I can't tell you it's a bad movie, but I'm not sold yet. And I'm a huge Marvel fan. But what I am sold on is Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye, because I know Hawkeye and I'm, I'm excited about Kate Bishop. The What If looks really cool. And Spider-Man 3, right? Like <laughs> these are things that are- known- Doctor Strange, yeah. And Doctor Strange. These are things I know. I know these characters. And so I don't know that the idea of starting phase four with these new characters was a really great idea. Um, and I don't know after Black Widow, it's going to get any better with Shang-Chi only because again, I don't think the MCU as a whole is going to be seismically changed after that movie, right? Like we're just going to get a new character and all anybody's going to care about is when's he going to be an Avenger. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to answer that. Um, and they, nor should they have to, like, that's just a, an unrealistic fan thing, but that's what people are talking about. Um, so my question for you guys is you are Kevin Feige and you are, uh, the head of Disney, Bob Chapek. Do you release this movie Shang-Chi on Disney plus premier access or keep it theaters only now that you've seen what black widow's done? Oof, tough one. I think they might have to open the door for it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one because this is all couched for me. This is all couched in uh, the COVID of it all. Like right. if we were having this conversation and COVID never happened, I think Black Widow would be doing fairly well. It probably wouldn't be doing as great as a lot of Marvel movies for do. Sure, for sure. But and I think uh, Shang Chi and Eternals wouldn't have any issues whatsoever. But the the COVID of it all has has completely upended any theatrical faith or anything like that. So. I think everybody's just going to look at this year as a wash. Like whatever happens, happens. I don't think it's going to change any plans. Well, uh, go ahead. There's <laughs> the COVID, there's the COVID of it all, but you know, there's, there's also what we're talking about, the Disney plus of it all, you know? So don't, you know, I, I think we can't forget that factor. Yeah. So, so that's my other question. Cause I think that they really need to look at it as a, as a, almost like a retreat. Like if I'm Kevin Feige, I look at the box office and I'm like, whoa, this is not what we had in mind. And it could be, again, we don't know the definitive numbers from Disney Plus. So in the second week, it could be doing incredibly well. We just don't know. But And remember, you, they get to keep that money. Well, about 85%. It's come yeah, out that, better um, than 50 or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. It's still pretty good. But yeah. And so I think you have to bring that up. Like, do you use it as a crutch and you say, well, COVID's happening. We weren't super, you know, uh, enthused by Black Widow. So now we're going to do a hybrid release for Shang-Chi. And, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, November will be good enough to do theatrical only for Eternals. Um, that way it saves face if, you know, Shang-Chi doesn't do so hot. Um, that's a thought too. But here's the other thing I want to ask you guys. Does Disney care about the box office? Really? Or yeah, is it all about year, Disney? I don't Plus? think they, they care. always have to. There's investors. There's always the... Right. Always but Disney Plus is the future. They've said this. So if the numbers for Disney Plus continue to rise, and they're rising huge, over 100 million people worldwide have already subscribed, you know, do they care less about the box office? Is Black Widow still a win? We're talking about it being a, you know, a bit of a bust, but maybe they're just like laughing all the way to the bank. I don't know. You know, them putting the numbers out early, um, 
that was a real sign. You know what I mean? Like that, that was a, that was a sign of weakness. You know, they don't give out premier numbers, but they gave them out to goose the box office because the box office was not what they wanted. It was way less than they had hoped. You know what I mean? So them giving out premier numbers sounds good when you, because it, it gooses the whole total. And then you're talking about, Oh, you know, global worldwide, blah, blah, blah. We got all this. But the fact is, it's like, you've only got like an 80, 80 million release for, for, uh, you know, their, for their opening. And that's pretty low for their standards. And, you know, it's just there to, to, to inflate. It was essentially a move. You don't, you don't release those numbers. You don't do that as those companies. You know what I mean? You're not, it's not what you're supposed to do, but they did it. And it was, to me, it was a big sign of weakness. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely to goose the numbers. Um, but it's also them kind of touting that this whole Disney plus thing works and they need to kind of market that too. Right. Um, they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, right? Yeah. Right. It's hard. It's if I, I, I sympathize with them, you know, I think they have a, I think they're in a hard position right now. You're right. Yeah. Because they have to, they have to appease the the shareholders first and foremost, because that that's what pays the bills, but also they have to, you know, make sure that they're not the, the devil that NATO thinks they are. And they have to also make sure that they're the Netflix competitor that they're trying to be. And those are very different uh, goals. You gotta, you gotta have a good media narrative. You gotta have a good narrative for, for, you know, fans, you gotta good, you gotta have all these different narratives. It's really tough. They're in a really tough position right now. You know, and COVID just makes it extremely hard and extremely unpredictable, right? Like we don't know how, I mean, for all we know, like, you know, they're going to make some decision that, you know, and, and then I, I don't know, can they pull something like last minute if like all of a sudden COVID starts crazy spiking again at the end of August, you know? And then, you know, we're going to head into the fall with cold season again. Does it spike up again, you know? And we still have this vaccine problem. And we've already talked about, or, you know, like there, there were reports that, that, you know, that there were supposed to be these kind of like get vaccinated campaigns from the movies, you know, there yeah. was talk of, of like, like, you know, Tom Cruise's in the world and, 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 and those kinds of the Will Smith's and the Tom Cruise's of the world to be like doing some sort of like pro, you know, get vaccinated, all this stuff. And none of that transpired. And I, I feel like, you know, you have to do something to kind of come combat that because you got the other narrative that happens from like, you know, Fox and shit. Although those guys are all of a sudden like, you know, going get vaccinated, please, because you know, their (laughs) stocks are falling or whatever it is that they realize that, you know, someone did some kind of math in the last week or so and got some sort of report and got shit scared, you know, because all of a sudden Hannity's saying like get vaccinated all of a sudden. So like, something's up but whatever you know what i mean but it's just a mess it's a real fucking mess out there it really and then is you get the monster you let the monster out of the bag and even if fucking you know the tucker carlson's of the world turn on it maybe it's too fucking late you know wow you just brought the mood down a lot Roger. yeah we're all dead <laughs> we're all dying there's no point to this what are we even doing theaters are fucked <laughs> the world's ending fucking listen man instead of like i don't know like um, you know, just well, like- okay. So I want to talk about Loki for a second. <laughs> um, I don't, there's, yeah. there's no segue here, but I'm going to try. Um, Loki got vaccinated. That's your segue. Yeah. Yeah. He probably, he probably did, you know, or he tricked know, us into it, whatever. Okay. Uh, uh, stepping out of the vaccination discussion for a second, Loki kind of has been way more consequential to the MCU than I think even the diehards were expecting, right? Like it, it really kickstarted this idea of the multiverse and all that jazz. Jonathan Majors 
what the hell? Anyway, are we at a point now where Marvel, in addition to teaching people that, you know, TV can have these stories, but also has Marvel taught us that all that matters is what pushes the MCU forward and Black Widow and Shang-Chi and Eternals, these great like one-off adventures that might not, you know, move the, the narrative forward in any big way are just kind of passe. Now that I can get on board for. Uh, I can't. I I think there's going to be a lot more people that are more interested in the, yeah, like right now, the, the gap between uh, where Loki leaves us off between them addressing that again, seemingly is quite a bit of a distance. December, Spider-Man three, probably. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, these, these things in the middle, these projects in the middle might be the victims of that. Uh, But again, I think Loki was like you said it was it was all MCU plot pushing forward and less about the characters which kind of hurt the show as a whole. So I don't know. I, I hope they find a middle ground where it's it's uh, a bit of both because I I like Rodrigo was saying I have some issues with Loki as well. Well, so my problem with that is I don't want everything to be a bit of both, right? Like I want to have good stories that don't have to feel so consequential, but I wonder if Marvel's just taught us that like, what's one of the questions that everybody asks every time a new Marvel things for it is like, will it have uh, repercussions for the rest of the universe? Mm-hmm. Now that is just, it's a lot to ask for Shang-Chi, right? I think you might be, I don't know. I, again, I might be the wrong person because I, I Loki is like a, is like a C plus at best for me. It really didn't do a lot for me. Although I, I still do, like some of the character stuff they introduced in the first episode and Richard E. Grant's great. Yeah. Richard E. Sure. Grant, nice touch. And, and, and there was some, some good threads there. I really like the idea of like, you know, a narcissist falling in love with a version of themselves. That's a nice touch. Um, but um, you, you might be to me, you're overestimating like how Loki lands in the end, what it means. Cause honestly, for me, I was like, okay well what does this mean so like there's a it was kind of very vague and nebulous like i I know a lot of people are like uh wow that was such an incredible conclusion and wow and i was like what does any of this mean to me it's a lot of like the show and and all the plot stuff that you're talking about ended up being a lot of like star trekky dark who-ish nonsense gobbledygook that didn't mean anything to me so whereas a lot of people were left like you charles were left like wow holy shit this this ends opens up a lot of shit and da 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 the multiverse started but to me it's like okay like this is like a, an abstract concept that the multiverse is open i guess okay we're open for business cool mm-hmm. uh, i didn't see any uh actual evidence of anything of that i it's like telling me that the store is open for business, but you didn't actually go inside and look at anything. Or well, anything? you could argue that episode five with all the variants was that tease, you know, with all the different Lokis. Oh, well, that's where I think the show is kind of confusing and uh, sci-fi Star Trek director who gobbledygook that, that starts to mean nothing and, and makes me 
like honestly that I, is then that's might be another thing too like you know a lot of people love that episode number five especially with that whole loki segment that you're talking about with all these people together i think i i have really had the sensation even when i was watching it that god people some people are fucking squealing with delight and <laughs> liking so much right now i don't know and what you're I, talking about and and <laughs> right now i'm fucking bored stiff and i have no idea what's fucking going on that's how i felt but i totally had the sensation that like oh pe- some some people out there are fucking loving this moment so much and i it's just a bunch of noise to me it's like the equivalent of like a big action scene in a, in a third act movie where like you know it's like a big noisy thing and it, nothing means anything that's it's like how, a base in the clouds that has to explode yeah 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 no I, honestly i, I maybe it's because i've seen it twice i think black widow's ending as much as i really dislike it i think it was stronger than loki i think black widow on a whole was stronger than loki but whatever that's well, so my, my, I think I, I go back to what Mike said about uh, Marvel kind of now having to serve two masters because there are the people like you, Rodrigo, that just look for story above all, don't really care about like the Easter eggs and all that. Just show me something cool, show me something emotional, show me something good. And then you have people that are probably closer to me. I, I tend to be a little bit more in the middle than uh, I portray, but I think there are other people that are like, all I care about is uh the easter eggs all i care about is what character is going to show up in the corner over here and how this is going to play into dr strange 2 and where's toby mcguire and you know things like that and i think marvel by having been steeped in continuity for 10 years now has both right like you have to appeal to both definitely they definitely have both for sure i might argue that i mean loki sort of blows up my argument a lot because everyone seemed to really love it and and there was not much to it but my argument against that is that like look what like what you know you had wandavision and you had falcon and the winter soldier and, and wandavision's a perfect example like you know that ending is not I think most people kind of agree no one really loved the ending, but the rest of the stuff was so good because it it like you cared about the characters and and you cared about them as human beings and their and their emotional story. So in a way, like you know, we were talking about what Marvel's been teaching us. In in a way, it's been teaching us it really doesn't matter what the big who the bad guy is. And, and the thing is, if you really care about the people and you really care about their journey and their emotional story, I mean, that's the same thing thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like some of the stuff, yeah, that last episode, I don't know how much I love it, but like I like the journey of, of this guy who who was like really insecure and wasn't sure if he was worthy of this mantle. Like I liked all that stuff. And like, so to me, that's what Disney plus those stories have been teaching me that like, it doesn't matter who the bad guy is or what the bad reveal is. If you care about stuff, like if, look, look again, look at WandaVision. WandaVision is probably, we can probably all agree that it's the one that's liked the most. Right. Yeah, and I would sure. argue it's because it's the one, it's the one that's the most emotional, even if they like, like screwed the ending, it doesn't matter. It was the one that like meant the most and made people really feel something about these characters who they loved. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you guys one more question. What can Marvel studios do to help differentiate between these TV shows and these movies, or do they not even have to differentiate? Like everything's fine. I think their whole game plan is not to. Like the well, idea, not what their game the plan lines. is. We're we're seeing that. The, okay, so do you think that that's good? Uh, I think it's going to present new issues for them uh, that they're, they're that we're discussing that they're probably not really even thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, hopefully, they kind of these these first shows were already pretty much finished. 
they're going to have a learning curve as far as, okay, what do we have to adjust here? Overall, I think it's still fucking Marvel and they're very capable of steering the ship uh, in the right direction. Uh, and I don't think they really have anything to be worried about quite yet. Um, but we'll see, you know, when all these projects drop towards the end of the year and, and how things kind of lay out as far as box office of it all and the Disney plus of it all. And, 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 you know, that stuff, I think this whole year is going to be a real kind of test of it all. And it's also going to be, you know, they're very capable of looking at like tangible success of this year and just being like, yeah, whatever it was, it was 2021 or 2020. It, it, those, those were what they were, but we don't really have to worry about the numbers of it all there. Okay. Real quick. I want to, I want to make you pick a side. I'm sitting, I'm sick of you sitting on the fence, Michael D'Angelo. I like fences. I know. So next year, 2022, mm-hmm. Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Ooh, the Marvels. Those are big movies, right? Mm-hmm. TV, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars. Yeah. Those are arguably more consequential events, right? So is it going to get any better? I mean, it's obviously going to get bigger and more complex. So we'll see where they steer it. I mean, I don't, what do you want me to choose a side of, of what here? <laughs> I don't know. Be binary yeah. like the rest of us, please. No, because it's never that easy. Love or hate it. No, okay. I, I I both like it and I dislike some of it. So that's no, where I'm going to sit. Basically, what I'm saying is, is this idea. I I I agree that COVID is a factor here, obviously, but I don't think this is getting any better. And and I want Rodrigo to to maybe answer this. If if Marvel is going to give us Secret Invasion and Armor Wars, which are two TV shows that they're in production on now, supposedly, or getting into production for 2022. How is that going to differentiate between, you know, Thor and Love and Thunder, Black Panther and the Marvels? Like those, in my estimation, are just as important, right? Well, we don't know what they are really. And Secret Invasion is not going to be the, the the comic book story. It's going to be something. Right. Different. So I don't think it's going to have the same gigantic, I think, it, maybe it's it's a it's a misnomer or misleading to think that it's like this super big event thing. It's I think it's just more like using that title and getting in a way to, to introduce the scrolls and more and the idea that like look you know it it's it'd be the more uh, you know basic version of like a lot of people can be scrolls and you don't know who to trust and da 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 and then introducing that whole kind of thing. But, but Olivia Coleman, still... Amelia Clark, Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson. But, but sure, sure, but it could still be like uh, you know uh, Agents of Shield on a bigger scale with with uh um uh you know uh with scrolls so i don't necessarily think it has to be the most gigantic thing in the whole world i think really the biggest question here is 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 the the tension and the friction that's going to come the inherent tension and friction and or the inadvertent tension and friction that comes between having these stories that are long and full of depth and having the ability to tell these longer stories and then all of a sudden being like told a week later after seeing loki that here's this two-hour thing it's really con- con- condensed it's really short it's like it's only two hours it and you're trying to pack in as much story in that time it's a different kind of form of storytelling does it feel especially when you have this same budget same quality same thing on television in this longer form does tell does movies feel in a way is it inadvertently like shortening them are you shorting your own thing is it like is this unintended consequence of like wow that doesn't feel um 
uh, as as kind of like in depth. It felt like more kind of thing. Or because you know, I mean, maybe for something like Black Widow or Shang Chi, is it it does uh, or Shang Chi? But 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 then also like you know, they're also making a lot of their movies to be these gigantic event things now. So like you know, Thor: Lord, Love and Thunder is going to be like a mini Avengers movie, and the Wakanda forever is going to have a lot of these people who are now big stars, and like that could be another. It's like all the movies are going to be big, big events, you know, but No Way Home is going to be a big event. That's going to be like a, a mini Avengers movie, right? Yeah. Same so with is Doctor that, Strange. Is that so, the future? The movies are basically mini Avengers movies and the TV shows are the character studies? Yes. And more or maybe, less, yeah. Yes, more or less. And 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 in in doing that, you might end up inadvertently hurting things that are supposed to be like human scale intro stories like Shang-Chi or something like Black Widow, like maybe there's not going to be room for those kinds of stories in the movies. You know what I mean? Like everything's going to have to, you're going to, maybe you have to do the quieter, maybe in a, in a, you know, in a, in a, in this new world, maybe they'll look back and go in two years and go, you know what? I think Shang-Chi, we should have just made that a series. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Lord Love and Thunder will be fine, and No Way Home will be fine, and Wakanda Forever will be fine, and the Marvels, which is going to be you know Captain Marvel team up, that'll be fine too. But like, I think you're going to have you're going to see intro movies that are like I I think I I would bet money that Shang Chi is going to struggle, and because of this very sort of thing, I think in two years they're all going to look back and go like, yeah, you know what because of the what, what happened and the expectation that was set up, like the implicit one that none of us understood that was going to happen, that Shang-Chi should have been a, a Disney Plus series. And, and then going forward, that's what we'll do. Whenever we're going to introduce a new character, like, you know, Miss Marvel or whatever, they're going to do it on a, a Disney Plus show. And then the, all the movies will be, um, you know, the big team up things. And they'll all be like, even if it's like, you know, a Spider-Man movie, it's, really you know spider-man with doctor strange and all these villains and all this shit and it's a big big it's a big big event movie you know it's supposed to be thor 4 but guardians are in it everybody's in it it's a big event movie i I, that's i think that's going to be the real future of how this thing goes yeah i totally agree when it comes to these introducing of the characters you're they're either going to happen within the larger movies or they're going to happen within disney plus series and the the Shang Chi's and the Eternals might go the way of you know the Buffalo. Um, yeah, and and Eternals again, I think is going to be the really really interesting one, right? Because it's got a lot more going for it in terms of like it's a, it's a kind of like an it's almost like an Avengers from the beginning, as if you know you did it rather than introducing every single one, you just go fast forward straight to it. So, but yeah, but it, also you look at those trailers and you're like, this doesn't what the fuck is this? <laughs> right, right. So that's why I think that's to me the most interesting movie of of the year for Marvel because I think we know what Shang Chi is going to be. And mm-hmm. what, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. And and we know which No Way Home is going to be this big fucking spectacle. But it's like Eternals being as like it's not even how, how it's going to be or what it's going to be like how it's going to be received. I think that's going to be the really really that's the really interesting question to me because it it seems like there's enough supporting characters and all this stuff that it'll it'll jump the the line of this issue that we're talking about where intro stories may not be able to work in the movies that that one will be the interesting one for that for that challenge you know what i mean i got a question for you then just a a quick question if we follow that that formula right and we we relegate the intro movies to tv shows like ms marvel and we keep the event movies won't we run out of characters like do they graduate 
will Shang-Chi be a TV show? And then we're saying like Shang-Chi 2 is a movie? Like well, how does that have, work? Once you build that character and you understand that character and there's a fan base for that character, then you, you can do whatever the fuck you want with that character. Right. And, 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 and maybe like the next Shang-Chi movie, right, is like an event movie. It's yep. like him and like four other, you know, maybe it's the, uh, what is that team? The shield, the, the Asian uh, shield team or whatever they're called. Um, so oh, help shoot. Help I, me out. Help me. I just started reading some of those comics. They're pretty cool. Um, but there's a whole team there. There's like a whole, uh, uh, you know, Asian, uh, Pan-Asian Pacific team uh, of characters that, um, you know, that could be part that, that, uh, that could be like an event thing for him down the road or something, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think anything's possible. And there's going to always be, and it's like, you know, you want to make this binary rule, but like, let's face it, there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be things that break those rules. But, and who knows, it might, it, fuck, maybe we, we'll still, we'll still have to see how this stuff goes. It's not like, we're, it's like funny, we're like, it's, you know, it's not like Shang-Chi's dead. Like for all we know, it's going to be a gigantic <laughs> hit. But, it, but if it's not, and if it does poorly, that could set a bad precedent for this kind of thing. Right. And, and that's, I think, the, the issue now is we've, we've gone through 10 years of Marvel just outdoing itself, specifically financially with the box office, yeah. that it took two years for uh, a new movie after Far From Home. And the first movie that comes out of the gate, pandemic or not, is a movie that people are just kind of like, you know, shrugging. And that's, and that's a bit scary for theaters as a whole, for the industry because at least we have Marvel, right? Like that was always the thing. It's like, yes, well, Marvel sure. movies, Marvel will be fine, and they'll they'll save theaters, and maybe not. And and this is the first time we've we've had that little bit of doubt. And yeah, I, I don't know that the future is any brighter. I don't know. I, I I'm just looking forward to Doctor Strange and Thor: Love and Thunder and Spider Man. Yeah, I want to see the movies. Sure, I just don't we've know got other stuff coming first that could yeah. you know, have bumps along the way. You know, mm-hmm. for for mm-hmm. this for this company and for the future of movie going, because as Charles said, it's like, it is a really like, you know, like it's like movie theaters couldn't and, and, and NATO and all this, they just couldn't wait for this. You know, this was supposed to be their big celebratory moment. Like, you know, they got fast nine and they were ex- extremely excited and happy about that. I think that's gotta be seen as a big success. That's like a, what is that? Like 650 million worldwide. It's almost the 600 right now. Yeah. Almost at 600 and, and, and under pandemic condition conditions, that is very good. Right. And, like and to be fair, black widow has yet to open in China. Doesn't have a date. Right. That's a, that's worrisome. Um, and because of piracy and all this stuff and, yeah. you know, uh, the other part of the worldwide co- conversation, we want to talk about box office quickly that we should, we didn't mention some countries were so pissed off about the thing that they refused to open it. So it hasn't opened in certain countries yet. Right. So that has not, uh, you know, uh, has not a chance to accumulate for its worldwide total, but the way it's looking now, you're going to look at a Marvel movie. That's going to be like theatrically, maybe, 350 million or less yeah a pro in, in fact 350 might be the the most generous top of the of of what it's going to get it, it's probably that that's probably about the best it could possibly do at this stage in tracking because you know second week and third week are so important in, in the u.s and that creates a narrative worldwide for other places so i mean theatrically this movie's kind of screwed these movies are supposed to make to be profitable, they're supposed to make like 600 million. That's supposed to be their base, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Anything, yeah. Anything less than 600 million is a, a loss for Marvel. Obviously yeah. it's, you know, and the other thing we have to think about, and this is one of NATO's uh, big discussion points is that the premier access numbers take away from PVOD, take away from the, you know, the people who buy it via Google play and Amazon and, and all that, which is true because, you know, they're going to buy it from, uh, from Disney and they're probably not going to have that long-term revenue from PVOD that they would have, you know. Yeah, but Disney Plus was already cannibalizing that as it is. Right. Well, I'm just saying that the 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 numbers because movies, the life cycle of a movie is it gets released in theaters, it then moves to you know PVOD, mm-hmm. and then it moves to you know rentals streaming. or whatever and streaming, and and then cable, and you know now it's kind of skip that whole like PVOD part is kind of nebulous right now because some of these movies like a quiet place part two is already out on streaming on paramount plus for free you know like that's crazy and that was just in theaters and f9 is going to be out on uh on uh peacock or one of those pretty soon too like it's crazy so there's there's this other thing where the box office is is suddenly less important and more important because there's not so much of that secondary market anymore so all that to say the yeah. black widow will be when everything's all said and done probably the the worst box office performer in mcu history oh absolutely there's no question about it there's no way it's going to pass even ant-man like and, and that's and that's a scary thought for 2021 no matter the sure. pandemic for a character that's been around for What's 10 years the maybe the hulk was one of the lowest uh hulk is Oh yeah, two hundred sixty-four million. But that was pre-Disney. Is that worldwide? But, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, one hundred fifty. Yeah, that was a it was a bit of a bummeroo. But that was in uh that was Universal release. That there's a whole lot in there. Anyway, regardless, probably not the the lowest in MCU history. Disney era MCU definitely the lowest. Um, and but again, you can put a giant asterisk up there, and and they'll be able to just be like, yeah, right. that was then. Yeah, but. One of, them, sure. it a win. Yeah. one of them sure shan chi uh, okay still pandemic and and at what point do we start looking at this as like uh-oh if if the the event movies start shit in the bed i i can't imagine a world where spider-man or dr strange or thor or whatever they are if those do bad numbers then this market is screwed but- i'll type well but here's the thing it's like there's bad numbers, but like, okay, if there was no COVID and the, the, uh, Dr. Strange 2 or whatever the fuck it's called. Spider-Man in the multiverse no of madness. Spider, yes. Spider-Man and, and, and the in no way home of multiverse madness or whatever the, <laughs> yeah. the next one's called. It's all a kind of a blur. I mean, don't you think on paper, that's a billion dollar movie for sure. Should be. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, like. 1.1 1.2 huge movie right far from home was a billion dollar movie mm-hmm. right so far from home was a billion dollar movie this is twice as big as far from home it's got dr strange it's got all these characters it could have potentially like charlie cox from from daredevil it could potentially have old spider-man all this stuff that's a billion okay we know that's a billion dollar movie right under normal conditions as of today is that even going to like to me there's no way that the movie is going to be a billion dollar movie as of today because yeah. given, given the yeah. climate of where movies are at because it still has to heal right things to have to like nature's healing whatever blah 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 but like you know but does, no but does it ever go back to that i think we're comparing 
well, old numbers to new numbers. I don't think we're ever going to get back. to So, them. so here's the problem though. Yeah. If we don't get back to those numbers, then movie theaters are doomed because they were struggling hard before. And yeah. now they were already banking on event movies. And now we're basically saying that Marvel isn't a hundred percent guarantee anymore. It has to be a special Marvel movie to reach that billion dollars. That's just bad news all around. Like no wonder NATO was freaking out. I would be too. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of like, and this is kind of why we're having this podcast. Like this is like, okay, like, like the sky is not falling yet, but this is a, a time where like, oh shit. Like, you know, what does this mean? Like, I feel like it has lots of ramifications and which we're all talking about here. So it's like, yeah, I think this is a strange moment. This is yeah. a very unprecedented, like, oh shit kind of moment, right? Sky's not falling yet, but like, if this continued and and this, and where we're saying is like, if we're in a new area where these, like a billion dollar movie, like like Spider-Man No Way Home is not a billion dollar movie. If it's a 700,000 or $700 million movie, is that going to be seen as a failure? Yeah. Mm. That's a, yeah, God, I do not want to be at Sony if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars. I'll tell you that. What, you know, like, you know, that movie, what if it makes like 800 million, but like, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Still like, you know, that's like, kind of like, eh. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, what else can you do the way if Spider-Man three is exactly what we all think it is, this culmination of 20 years of Spider-Man movies and it doesn't make a billion dollars. Oh boy. <laughs> Sony just better sell Spider-Man because yeah. they're you know good luck Venom. Um, yeah, that's 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 where that's what we're talking about now. Is that yeah? It's it's again like Rodrigo said, weird we're not, environment. We're not saying that Marvel's terrible. They're doomed. Everything's gonna suck. Shang Chi's a, a waste. We're not saying all that. What we're saying is that sure you're not. <laughs> what we're saying not yet. Let's see the movie first. <laughs> um, what we're saying, though, is to wrap this up, that we're just worried and we've seen a a trend now, not even really a trend. We saw a flicker of something that is very worrisome. It's not mm-hmm. every day that a movie is out for 10 days and the biggest organization in theatrical ownership in North America is shitting on the biggest studio in the world. Like that is cause for day, concern. Like, yeah. And not only that, it's not every day that like the biggest movie studio in the world has released a movie. And after 10 days, you know, it's cooked. Like it's done. It's yeah. dead. Like these, the, the, it's, and yes, as to Mike's point, we're in COVID times. It's different. Things are different. I totally get that. Trying to put that empathy and sympathy towards them. <laughs> but right now, numerically, that movie's dead. It's not, it, it's, it's toast. It's like, you know, like, like, uh, like, uh, like, you know, it, when the A24 puts one of their movies on, on, on POV, like a, a week or two later, when, you know, it's like kind of tanked at the box office and they're trying to, to like save what they can. That's the moment that's happened to this movie already. You're talking about Zola. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> yeah. what happened to yeah. Zola. But, but essentially like that's that, this is the moment that's happened to Black Widow. It's in North America. It's not recovering. It's totally. No. They said this weekend, because keep in mind, this weekend is not only the release of M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, which is always, you know, his name brings people to theaters. It's also Snake Eyes, which say what you will about the movie itself. It's a G.I. Joe movie. All the fanboys that we're going to probably see Black Widow, if they haven't already, are probably going to go see that because that's the new hotness. And they're saying right now, like tracking has Black Widow at like 13 to 14 million. Right. So that's dead. In that's the yeah. 
studio Hollywood terms, it's dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what happened with COVID is it accelerated something that was going to happen over 10, 15 years and everybody's got whiplash over it and everybody's trying to learn from it on the fly. Right. So you're absolutely right. And it's a very unpredictable, chaotic time. And I got to imagine, man, like everybody is, everybody's having this version of in, in Hollywood anyhow. And, and anybody who should like, I feel like everybody should be having this podcast, but like in Hollywood, everyone is having the equivalent of this conversation that we're having right now, yeah. whether, whether it's Marvel, whether it's NATO, whether it's rival studios, whether it's like being like, you know, other people who are going to be releasing big blockbusters later in this year, this is like a potential turning point. This yeah. is a point where people like, we could be looking back on this six months from now. We could be looking at this back from uh, the week of like when No Way Home is supposed to like come out and be like, wow, we were right. This was a huge fucking turning point, you know? Or we we're completely wrong and we'll you know, delete I, this off of Spotify and, no, and it never happens. And, 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 and to be frank, I would be like for the health of everything that we do in the movie industry in general and movies in general, because I mean, I'm not, not sure how much I care about the the health of bi- di- billion dollar Disney. I don't I don't weep for them, but I do weep for the state of movies. And I know yeah. that they're an important part mm-hmm. of the ecosystem. Um, whether I like those movies or not, I could hate them. I could still want I I still want movies to exist, and I still want the theatrical thing to exist. And I'm and I'm not you know naive enough to know that they're an important part of the ecosystem. So that's where like you know like I'm I'm worried for more like the state of movies. I'm not worried about like you know. Kevin Feiny's bonus at the end of the year or what, uh, yeah. like, you know, which Bob yeah, but do you think he'll be okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, you got space at the playlist, right? Like we can, we can hire him on when he's in destitute. Um, yeah, so cut to six months from now, we're all just huddled oh, in our homes. But, it's but like freezing point, cold. Six months from now, I hope we're dead wrong. I really <laughs> No, I no, really, and I, I we, really we contact each other. Are you guys going to the movie house to see this new Spider-Man movie? <laughs> it's 20 miles away, but I think they have two showings today, you know? And yeah. The but end. no, like, but like the, to put the fine point on it, I really, really do hope we're wrong. I, yeah. I would be really uh, relieved um, if we're wrong. Uh, you know, I don't want to be right in this situation, but um, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's, it's definitely worrisome. Yeah. But Only time will tell. Yeah. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in it now. We'll reconvene after Shang-Chi, after we've seen it and we're eating our words <laughs> and it's the greatest thing ever. And uh, Dustin, Daniel Cretton, whatever is like the greatest filmmaker of all time. So let's hope fingers crossed and Chloe Zhao is going to save us all. So thank you, Mike and Rodrigo for talking about this stuff, nerding out over numbers and stats and Marvel. My I thought this was going to be like a 30 minute conversation because like, there's it never is. No, no, we, we go on tangents. It's, it's, <laughs> it gets deep. And again, as we always say, if you've made it this far, we love you. Um, <laughs> you're one of us. You're one of us. <laughs> you like John Carpenter just as much as we do. I think that's what we were talking about last time. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for, for talking about this and, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys at the box office reports. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh,